The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. I am the music guy CJ Payne, and you're listening to The Noise Report. This is where we have fun, we laugh, we joke around, and we interview lots of amazing people from across the spectrum of music, movies, pop culture, and all this other fun crap. Uh, If you like to laugh, have fun, and just uh, giggle like a wild juvenile, uh, keep listening, and welcome to The Noise Report. Today's another episode of The Noise Report. I'm the music god, CJ Plane. Let me take these damn glasses off because I don't need them. Um, We're back with another episode. You know what we do here? We laugh. uh, We have fun. We talk about really random stuff. Uh, We ask dumb, insane questions that uh, generally make no sense, but we have fun with it. And um, we talk about a little bit of everything. Uh, today's victim, so to speak, um, is a gentleman I've been a fan of for a very long time. Um, not the ages, but uh, God, 30 <laughs> plus years. <laughs> it seems like. Um, it's Mr. Roy Cathy. Um, if you don't know him, uh, way back when there was a very cool band called Cold Sweat, and he has his current band called the fifth and we're going to talk about all of this and a whole bunch more um so how are you today <laughs> man i'm doing great thanks for having me it's uh, it's great to catch up we're going to definitely uh, dig deep like we were talking about earlier yeah uh, you're the guy that went about three four layers into the genre so i'm sure this interview will go a couple of layers into uh the nonsense that's been my career <laughs> you know it's uh we survived it. I guess that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, there were a lot of great stars, a lot of great people that unfortunately didn't survive the 80s and some that did that didn't survive the 90s and the 2000s. And, you know, I mean, it's if if you've been involved in the business side of it at all, you know, it's a tough business. It's is an understatement. It's a brutal business, you know, and, um, for you to still be here 30 plus years later doing it, uh, is a testament to not only your longevity, but, uh, probably your business sense and just your overall piss it to the wind attitude, I guess. (laughs) I, I don't know what else would, you know, like, like most people don't survive at 30 years, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I thank you very much for, for that, uh, that glowing assessment, but I think it's more of a testament to stupidity. That too. Uh, you know, look, man, you know, uh, I, 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 became okay with myself a long time ago of, of where I was going in my musical career and what I was doing in music. You know, I gave up the, the fame game and chasing stardom and, and, and money a long, long time ago. Right. You know, and, and there were a lot of guys that were in it for just that back in the day. They wanted the fame. They wanted the fortune. They wanted the chicks, the cars. Right. And, you know, I was the kid that 
was listening to records and just amazed by the sound that the voices were making. You know, I, I was the kid that was drawn into music at a very young age, even before I even got into bands. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I just, uh, <clears throat> playing music and doing music and being involved with music is just a part of me, my being, who I am and, and, and what I am as a creative person and as an artist. Uh, Business-wise, <laughs> I couldn't have picked the, the worst business to be right. really talented <laughs> and because you know as well as I do, this business is not necessarily about talent. It's yeah. never really been about talent. It's it's who you know, who's got the money, that connection, that that hookup. Of course, lightning strikes in the bottle, and and there's the right song random the right dumb luck, <laughs> the random dumb luck. But you know, I mean, a lot of it is not happenstance anymore. It's right. all predetermined, and and some of us do it for the love, and some of us do it for the money. And and a long time ago, I gave up the chase for money, and I I, I do it for the love. And I'm not trying to be glamorous and and sound right. like i'm some kind of martyr it's it's just no. man it's just who i am you know yeah no it's i mean it's absolute dude i mean obviously there were the bands that were very successful everybody knows their names there were the bands that were successful to a point and were very smart with their money and created longevity that way um, there were obviously the bands that just crashed and burned. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. the bands that got shoved under the bus by record labels that, um, should have been far more popular or successful than they were. Um, right. but due to, uh, if you want to call it politics at the label or mismanagement by the label or just dumb, like you said, plain stupidity by the label, um, there were many bands that were extremely successful on the live side of it that just got shit on by the label. Shark Island, for example, always comes to mind because anyone that is familiar with the Sunset Strip era knows Shark Island was one of the biggest live bands that there was, like, Sold out show after sold out show after sold out show. Uh, Axl Rose pretty much stole his entire stage presence from Richard Black. But then labels came along, totally screwed the band up on the first or first and second record. And they just disappeared and crashed and burned, which is shameful because they were fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, still are amazing. They're still around, still amazing. So, um, you know, Cold Sweat was a band that I think falls yeah. into that category. Um, Spread Eagle, um, uh, Warrior Soul. I'm good friends with Corey Clark. And um, the fact that Corey is fucking still alive today blows my mind. Cause... The, fifth, the fifth actually opened a show for Warrior Soul and Corey Clark years ago in yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, Curry is fucking funny. insane. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I, I say it out of love, but I say it out of just playing. Corey's fucking insane, okay? There's just no other way to put it. The guy's a fucking madman. How he's still alive, I don't know, but 
you know, yeah. he's just one of them guys that he bleeds rock and roll, you know? So, right, um, right. start off, I guess, cause we completely start off by telling who else is in the fifth other than you. Cause obviously you're not alone in the band. Of course, man. I'm just, I'm just the front man. I'm just the singer. Uh, <laughs> the band is consistent of uh, Justin Womble, who is the uh, guitarist, and he also does background vocals. Uh, Gary Zeus Smith on drums and vocals, and uh, on bass, Jake Tripp on bass and vocals. So, uh, you know, the fifth has been around for 20 years. Uh, I've had several members throughout the years, you know, great members. Uh, but you know, in the music business, you know, uh, members come, they go, you know, Whitesnake, you know, Coverdale's had members all throughout the years and stuff like that. I'm not comparing myself to him, but right. you get the idea, you know, I've always tried to have the best players that I could yeah. possibly have in the band. And, uh, right now, uh, this is the best lineup I've had, best chemistry, best musicians. It's just a good vibe and, that's yeah. why I'm uh, excited about the EP because we got the chance to kind of capture that and get something out there real quick because it's been about 10 years since I put any new music out with the fifth. So uh, I wanted to get get an EP out, uh, go along with my normal reputation of perfect timing, you know, put it out during a pandemic. That made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but we still got, you know, I felt it was something that I had to get done, you yeah. know, and uh, get it out there. But uh, we're planning on putting out a full length in uh, 2022. So nice. No, I love, I love the CP, man. It's, it's, um, it's got that modern vibe to it, but I can't help. And I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but when I hear the songs, to me, it has that slave to the grind skid row type of vibe as well it's got that grind to it that heaviness that um the ballad on there has that uh in a darkened room type of vibe almost and it just has that timeless heavy style well i i thank you very much i take that uh as a compliment uh we did this album and this go-round uh, fully embrace and wrap my arms around my cold sweat past right. and that that genre and that era of music. Uh, the prior fifth catalog, uh, the fifth was formed in 2001. Uh, the prior fifth stuff was a little bit more around the modern rock kind mm -hmm. of genre, a little bit more the Godsmack meets, you know, shine down kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> this record, especially since Justin joined the band, because... You know, Justin is, is, you know, you know, quite a few years younger than me, mm -hmm. but he, he, he's an old soul and he grew up, uh, learning from those gunslinging, you know, right. guitars that those were the ones that he emulated. So Justin was, you know, he, when we first, you know, his band Modena played a couple of shows opening for the fifth. And I really had my eye on Justin as a player and, uh, he told me that if, you know, he used to watch the Cold Sweat video on Metal Metal Mania on Saturday nice. night on his, local, on his local cable station. And he goes, I never never dreamed I'd be in a band with you. This is so fucking cool. Yeah. I'll join the band if we can do Let's Make Love Tonight. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's a deal. <laughs> nice. you know? But, you know, we, we fully embraced that era of yeah. eight, that 80s, late 80s, early 90s sound. And I think Skid Row is a perfect example of how we do have an edge to us. Yeah. 
uh, we, we are melodic and, and commercial in a lot of senses, but Skid Row is a good way to describe us because we do have an edge. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has modern style to it, very much yes. so, but, um, you know, Slave to the Grind was really a record to me that, like you said earlier, it was lightning in a bottle. Not that uh-huh. their other records were bad, because they weren't. But, again, that was one of them records, sort of like Appetite for Destruction. Correct. There was just a, there was a, I don't even know how, to, how I want to put this. There was a, 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 a sonicness to those records. There was a, 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 just an X factor to those records that they were loud. They were aggressive. They just grabbed you by the throat and didn't let go. They were. Um, right from the opening moments, you know, when Sebastian, you know, he, he's, when he opens, he's got that, just that thing. And then he's, uh, and he goes into that super high note. You just know right there that, you know, on, on welcome to the jungle, the same with Axel, you know, he, he does that thing and then he hits that scream and you just know that, that the train is barely going to stay on the tracks on this thing, you know? And there were a few records like that, but those were, Two that just even today when you hear him, I listen to Appetite for Destruction now, and it's still just as vicious sounding. It's still just as nasty sounding guitar tone wise, and uh, with the recklessness yeah. that record has. I mean, it's you know it was it was borderline punk without really being punk, and the same with even in a lot of places on Slave to the Grind. You know, it had a borderline punk feel to it that just, it kind of had that screw you attitude to it, you know? And, right. um, you know, like I said, that this record is, it's got those elements, that, that heaviness and that grind and that that thick tone to it. Um, yeah. But again, very much still very modern sounding. You know, I can definitely hear you know, his influence from Mark Tremonti and, and people like that, that are more modern and still have that edge edge and that heaviness. And, and, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of these young kids, I think that are bringing the style back and they're, they're keeping it going. But even in the modern rock genres, um, you know, to watch Wolfie, what Wolfie's doing is kind of mind-blowing, you know, yeah. because, look, I respect the shit out of him to completely want to carve his own path is amazing. Because here's a kid who, he could easily ride Eddie's coattails. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he refuses to. He just He's like, I'm going to do this my way. And... I have nothing but respect for him, and it pisses me off to see these goddamn fans just talk so much shit because Wolfie just won't fall into the Van Halen thing. And it's like, bro, give the kid a break, man. Like, he's fucking amazing. Like, just yeah. let him do his well, thing, I mean, I, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I think it probably is a testament to his father and what he learned from his father. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to go out on his own, and he wants to be known as his own man. You know, he knows that his father's legacy is always going to hang over his his, right. his you know shoulder that, at all times. But uh, you know, I admire the kid as well. 
and and I'm not gonna lie, man. You know, I was super close with my father. He managed my band, and and you know, you talk about longevity. You know, I I think a lot of my longevity came from the fact that my father managed me all through my teenage years and my early years. He when I was touring my first band, he he managed it. And he was there the whole time. And, and that kept me out of a lot of trouble, you know. I could have very easily gotten out there by myself and started drinking and drugging and, and doing everything. And, and look, you know, I'm not saying I didn't do stupid shit. We all right. do stupid shit when we're growing up and everything. But look, trust me, having <laughs> your old man there and, and knowing that you're practically the family business and, you know, you got to keep your shit together because you got a four-night run going and you're in the middle of fucking Florida and you live in North Carolina – you keep your shit together mm-hmm. you know you realize that there's there's a lot on the line so <clears throat> that's uh, you know i i think that's that that's why wolfie is kind of being the way that he is he's, yeah. he's learned that from his father he's going to stand on his own two feet i mean and, i mean obviously he had the he had the honor i guess of being part of that van halen thing and touring yeah, with him yeah, and yeah. he learned it firsthand but i think also I've, I've kind of told other people this. I think growing up, seeing what his father did, having his issues with alcohol and the issues with the drugs and different things, it probably, you know, one thing I've learned growing up, I've had a lot of friends who come from parents who are drug addicts and alcoholics. And the one thing I've learned is there's really no middle ground with them. They're either going to completely fall to the wayside like their parents and just become raging alcoholics or whatever, or they're going in the opposite direction and they're just, they're not even going to drink a beer because they've seen what it does and the effects of it. And, you know, I've never seen a kid of an alcoholic be like, I'll have one or two beers. You know, it's like they're going to have 12 beers or they're having no beers, you know? And yeah, yeah. Um, I think Wolfie is probably, you know, having seen that and having seen the lifestyle and what goes on, he he has a hell of an advantage, you know, Absolutely. not just the name, but the business side of it. And pitfalls. yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, you know, I wish him nothing but success. I, I love Absolutely. what he's doing in, um, you know, the, yeah. it, it's, I, I can't, not just him, I can't imagine the pressure of being the son of a rock star, especially somebody whose legacy is as large as Eddie's was. Yes, um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, but, somebody as iconic as, as uh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen but, or, or, you know, but just not, that Yeah, but just not Eddie. Like, another one I talk about a lot is Jacob Dylan. You know, for Jacob Dylan, when he came out with the Wallflowers, like, my God, like, could you imagine walking into a record label and saying, I'm the son of Bob Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to look at you like, oh, well, let's just recreate what your dad did. And. Well, but let's also look at it this way. And it kind of goes to a subject that I was discussing with somebody 
the music business really isn't about talent anymore, is it? It's really about who you are, who you know. You well, know, right, but how much money? This kid is already Bob Dylan's son, right? So of course, he's going to be able to walk into any record company and go, "Hey, I'm Bob Dylan's son," and they're going to be like, "Here's your contract." Right. <laughs> but yeah, but, but the again, pressure, the pressure that comes with it, yeah, because you have to follow up that legacy. Right, is, but the Wallflowers yeah. did that one record and then kind of crashed and burned, and Jacob hasn't really done. I mean, he's done a couple solos, but he hasn't been successful. You yeah, know, correct. Towns, um, uh, not Towns Van Zandt, um, Steve Earle's son, you know, who died of a drug overdose recently. It took him quite a few records to dig out from underneath that shadow of shadow of Steve and all of that legacy. And so I said, I couldn't imagine the pressure of being somebody's child like that of, you know, especially, like I said, especially somebody who has a legacy that's so large that it would just be completely crazy to, um, you know, I, I'd never, I've wanted to be a rock star my whole life, but I'd never want to be a rock star in that way, I guess, because it'd be too much. Like, I just, I, I'm... I'm not built to do it like mentally. <laughs> I don't think I would, I would crash and burn. Like, um, right. you know, I, I couldn't do what Wolfie has done. I just couldn't like, you know, <laughs> so, um, lost my train of thought completely off track as always. Um, who are some of the bands, the, the, the newer bands that you're listening to that you love? I mean, obviously we mentioned a few, but, there's so many great new bands out that, you know. You know I mean, <clears throat> there are a lot of great new bands that, that I really like out there, but I always end up going back to some of the old, you know, old good standards, you know. But a lot of the newer bands I found that I, I, I really like, and um, I'm tending to go a little heavier and a little bit. I, I like a band called Nothing More. I think they're yes. a very talented band. I love those guys. Uh, uh, insanely, insanely talented. Yes. Uh, there's another band out of uh, Sweden that I'm really into. I'm sure you've heard of Hardcore Superstar. They're a good yeah, band. Oh, God, I, I love those guys. They're doing some good <laughs> stuff. I also love, on the heavier side, I love a band, another band out of Sweden called Avatar. Uh, I think yeah. they're doing some, some really cool stuff on, on the, uh, you know, uh, creativity as far as their live show and, and the uh, entire image that they're yeah. putting out there. Uh, there's great uh, bands out there. There's great rock bands out there. It's just, it's a shame that it's not getting promoted and pushed as much as uh, yeah. other, other genres here in here in the States. But uh, there's, there's some good stuff out there. You just got to dig yeah. for it. I, I, I like those kids, not that they're necessarily new, but you know, they caught a lot of flack, but I think those kids in Greta Van Fleet are incredibly fucking talented and they're doing things that, you know, they're at least, playing their instruments you know because you've got we've lost about two generations of people that can't even uh pick up an instrument and and, and uh put a chord together or play a song so i don't care who they fucking sound like if they could fucking pick up an instrument and play it i'm i'm giving them kudos because we've lost about two generations of kids being able to play instruments and yeah uh, funny story about greta van fleet i went to high school with her dad and um, 
One of the first bands I was ever in, he was the bass player. So, oh, shit. yeah, he. How fucking weird is that? <laughs> he actually is a graduate of Berkeley Institute in Boston. Um, so, when I hear people talk about Greta Van Fleet, I kind of chuckle a little bit. I grew up where yeah. they grew up. Um, yeah, very, I've, I've read that they, you know, came from a very quirky, very eclectic. small country town, about 1,200 yeah. people. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. it's the Christmas capital of the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Has Bronner's, the biggest Christmas store. Uh, if you've ever seen a Christmas movie, you have seen all of the stuff that Bronner sells. It's the world's largest Christmas store. Uh, Miracle on 54th Street, uh, Jingle All the Way, all the Home Alone movies. Uh, every Christmas decoration in those movies comes from Bronner's. Um, wow. The entire town is like a big German tourist trap. Um, it has <laughs> these two giant chicken restaurants, uh, Zenders and Bavarian Inn. They have all the shops underneath, you know, with uh, all the German, you know, there's a, like a, a polka store and there's a little mall. And it's, it's a giant tourist trap, but it's an amazing town. And I grew up yeah. just outside of it. And um, these kids were born to be rock stars. They have played instruments since they were big enough to, to walk and talk. And the funny thing with them is, is, you know, when they say we don't mean to sound like Led Zeppelin, they weren't raised on that kind of music. Their dad is a massive blues fan. They were raised on Howling Wolf. They were raised on Lightning Hopkins and stuff like that. So they were actually raised as blues musicians. The fact that they sound like Zeppelin, I yeah. think, kind of is that weird phenomenon, kind of like Kingdom Come. I don't think gotcha. Lanny intentionally set out to sound like Zeppelin. They just ended up sounding like well, Zeppelin, you know. But you know what? What did Zeppelin? What was Zeppelin's influences? Exactly. The very same influences that was the kids' influence. Exactly. So. It's just you're passing the seeds down and fertilizing it with different water and yeah. soil, yeah. you know. So, you know, my biggest my biggest point is the fact that for me as an old salty dog and after yeah. watching about a generation and a half of kids just put yeah. instruments down, it's, yes. I, I see these kids and yeah. I'm like, holy shit. And yeah. then when he opened his mouth, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What, are yeah. you kidding me? You know? And so... And is it just me? You can answer this question or not. Is it just me? But not only do I hear Zeppelin in that, I hear triumph in their sound so much. He has a, he has a, there's some triumph. There's a lot of Getty Lee tone. Yeah. Like I just, I hear Rick Emmett in him so much, man. Like just, there's certain songs that they do like, like, Fuck, I just hear Triumph in that. And people are like, no, you don't it's, sound like Triumph. That high, it's that super high mid nasally yeah. tone that he has, you know. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's that. Um, here's a band that I will throw out. And if you haven't heard them, I know you will love them. They're out of Denmark. They're a newer band called Time Child. Haven't caught them. I'll have and, to check um, them out. Fucking phenomenal, man. Like, if you take Ronnie James. Ronnie James Rainbow era and his Sabbath era and smash them together into one band. Right. It is Time Child. Like they have all of the melodic coolness of the rainbow with just a thick, chonky ass 
brutal bass riffs of the Mob Rules era, and I am so in love with their record, man. Like, it is just right. a fucking phenomenal record, and... Well, I'll definitely check it out. Um, check it out. The, the, the record is called And Yet It Moves. It's I guess it's an old Galileo quote or something. I guess when he was dying, somebody said something to him, and his last words were, And Yet It Moves, uh, which is... Cool in and of itself, because, I mean, if you think about somebody's last words being, and yet it moves, it just sounds so rock and roll, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it sounds so rock and roll, man, like, and yet it moves. Um, you know, it sounds like something that Dio would, would have said at his death, or, like, something that Lemmy would have said, or some shit, you know? Um, I guess, one aspect of being on tour was the most different versus what you thought it would be like before like like what was the most different like what you expected it to be versus what it actually was uh the travel is very grueling uh you know you 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 people don't really seem to understand uh and and that's the pitfall for a lot of the people because to kind of waste the time or to kind of pass the time, you'll have a drink and that'll lead to another drink or you'll take a pill to sleep a little bit longer or you'll do a line to stay up till you make it to the next town and then you'll start drinking. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like, it's hard enough just traveling and, and for me as a singer, who has always approached this in a, in a physical way uh, because I've always sang high energy, hard rock, you know, I'm not up there fucking mailing it in, you know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, it's hard enough for me to go from climate to climate, time change to time change, jump on a plane, f fly here, get on a tour bus. I'm in 30 degree weather. And then I'm going to be on a bus for six hours and then I'm going to be in humid weather at 65 degrees. So you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's the, it, was, it was always the travel mm. and trying to take care of myself yeah. when, you're out, when you're out there on the road. Uh, and for singers, it, it, um, <clears throat> for good singers, for real singers, it, um, it sucks. It, it's, you know, there's, you're, you're constantly anxiety ridden. You're trying to drink water. You, you know, you try not to talk too much during the day. You got to get your sleep. You know, you drink your tea. Where's my tea? Where's my honey and lemon? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and of course you've got the guys out there that are, that are fucking, you know, Oh, give me a shot of Jack Daniels and I'm going to smoke this Marlboro red. They're going to get up there. And you know, there's, there's the guys that can, push through and do shit like that, but they're going to end up sounding like Brian Johnson and they're going to end up losing their high end. Right. And they're going to end up, you know, not being able to last longer than 30 minutes on stage. And then they're fucking done. Me, on the other hand, I've always approached it a lot more serious. So the hardest thing for me touring has always been the travel and trying to take care of yourself out there. Yeah, that's, and that I had a band in 91. We were supposed to, we were in the process of signing with Jason Flom at Atlantic. Uh, they sent us for two weeks out on the road with Crowbar and Pantera. 
five guys in a passenger van with all our equipment. It took about two weeks, and we were done. We we hit Louisiana, eleven thirty at night, and I pulled the van over, and we decided right then and there that we were going home or we were going to jail. <laughs> we were we were fucking sick of it, man. Like sleeping in a Walmart parking lot in the van, making just about enough money to share a happy meal between us, you know. Um, you can't sleep right because you can't lay down and get comfortable. It's the middle of the fucking summer, June and July. It's hot as shit. And it's just like, yeah, this this fucking sucks. Like, where are the fucking tour buses? Where are the planes? Where are the hotel rooms, you know? Where the fuck is catering, man? Like, there's not even fucking any catering here. We got to eat, like, <laughs> shitty hot dogs and cold-ass spaghetti that people thankfully would bring us, you know, this cold-ass bowl of spaghetti. You got a microwave? No, we don't have a microwave. So you sit in the parking lot, you know, five guys are, like, trying to share a fucking bowl of spaghetti. And we're like, all right, we're going home or someone's catching a fucking case because we're just done. It was over. It was like, no, just... That's why I said. I, I thought... I wanted to be a rock star. I really do. And I still do, but after experiencing that, I was kind of like, you know what? I want to be that rock star that puts out a record and just, just kind of plays a few local shows and is kind of fucking low-key and shit, you know? Like, I'm not looking to be viral or any of this other bullshit. Like, I don't want to be Greta Van Fleet. Like, I don't... Hey, look. <laughs> man, let, me tell, let me tell you something. You got to be cut out. You got to be no, cut yeah. to, to, to be in this business and to be yeah. going. Because what you describe right now, brother, that's just a regular fucking saturday night for me out on the fucking road man that's what i'm saying though i mean it's like i have i have you know and this is of course through my early stages of my career you know i i have played so many shitholes yeah i have played stayed in so many shitty hotels i've ate bologna sandwiches i have scraped i have yeah. You know, I have sacrificed for rock and roll. I have done so much, you know, so I get it. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, I, uh, I definitely enjoy the, the fifth, uh, nice 20, 28 foot RV that we have now exactly. and all like. the luxuries that go along with it. But you know, with those things, it all comes with a cost, you know, the yeah. money ain't the way it used to be back in the day. So it's yeah. like, if, if, if you want to have the nice RV, to sleep at least halfway comfortably and travel halfway comfortably, it's going to cut into your bottom line in some way. You right. know? So, but it's all business and it's in, yeah. it's all where you're going to put your priorities. So, yeah. And that's the thing. Not, like, look, I don't, it's not an easy game. It ain't no. an easy life. That's why I said at the beginning, like whether it's through whatever it is for you to still be out here 30 years later, man is, <laughs> is crazy. Cause you know, like I just, I thought I wanted it. Look, growing up, for me, my Uncle Marty has one of the largest vinyl collections I've ever seen. He has milk crates and he has, you know, hundreds and hundreds of milk crates full of old vinyls. First time I heard Slade, I wanted to be a rock star. And then Quiet Riot come along when I was 13, and I heard them do a Slade cover, which most people at the time didn't even know it was a Slade cover. And 
I still to this day make the joke about Quiet Riot being the world's best Slade tribute band. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I knew I wanted to do that. In 1991, Michael Monroe come along and did Dead Jail or Rock and Roll. And it was a bolt of lightning for me. Because I knew at that point, at 20 years old, that was my life. I was either going to be involved in music in some way, I was going to be dead, or I was going to be in jail. Now, I've done a lot of music, and I've spent a lot of time in jail, so I'm kind of just waiting for the dead part, you know, at some point. But, um, you know, I, I like I said, when, when we went out on the road, I that's when I discovered that. That was my reality versus what yeah, well, I expected well, it, you know. Yeah, um, you're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah, because, dude, I, fuck, we're, we're going to be on Atlantic Records. We got one of the biggest A&R guys in the world, Jason fucking Flom behind us. He's got us on tour with Pantera. Fuck yeah, we have made it. And <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you know, it took about two days, like, wait a minute. No, you know, we're making phone calls from fucking pay phones because we're like, wait, where's the hotels? Where's the, there's no catering, bro. <laughs> and there's a, you know, and there's no catering, bro. You're in a, a club of like 200 people and oh, this fucking sucks. Yeah, because this was this was right before they released um, Cowboys from Hell. So they were still kind of gearing up for that. Um so they weren't doing tour stadiums or anything, but, you know, it just, I don't know. It was crazy. Um, first concert or show you ever attended? Uh, ACDC, Back in Black Tour, uh, 1980, Cumberland County Arena, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, <laughs> nice. First show I ever got to go to, I got to see 38 Special and Iron Maiden open for Rainbow in 1982. And, uh, Interesting. Lineup, interesting lineup for sure. And it's still crazy to think about Iron Maiden opening for 38 Special. <laughs> they played before 38 Special, who played before Rainbow, and it, uh, you're a very odd lineup, but, you know, I just think, like, God, I can't believe, like, Iron Maiden never played before 38 Special. Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem. Um, if you had to cover one album from start to finish, what record? pretty good question it's a pretty good question um you know recently it's funny you mentioned that a, a couple of years back the fifth a local club did a cover it up festival where a band would pick an album and they would do like a bunch of songs from that one album oh nice and we did uh, we did a uh, side a of black sabbath heaven and hell nice so uh, that that's a that's a possibility uh also i think um Man, there's a part of me that would love to uh, uh, do uh, Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Mm, uh, I would love to nice. uh, re-sing that one. Um, that that but, would be uh, a challenging one to. Yeah. But you know that's uh, that's that's what I cut my teeth and grew up worshiping. You know, nice. but uh, there's a couple of suggestions right there. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm sure it's going to have a rock and roll story uh, attached to it. The grossest thing you ever seen anyone do in public. The grossest thing I ever saw anyone do in public. Uh, 
you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I know, I, you know, everywhere you go in the world culturally, things are different and what's right. acceptable and whatnot. Uh, but I remember uh, when I was on on tour with Cold Sweat, we went over to Germany to uh, to play the Super Rock Festival with Aerosmith, Whitesnake, Dio, and Poison, and all these bands. And uh, nice. We of course, you know, we had a day off beforehand, and uh, we're uh, we're in uh, Mannheim, and we're walking around this town square, you know, a very German-like town square-looking area, you know, and uh, we. This old man just pulls out his dick and just starts pissing right there in, in the middle of the town square. And everybody just keeps walking like it's just no big fucking deal. Like it like it's no big deal. You know, there's moms and dads and there's there's kids in strollers and, and there's fucking grandpa Hans with his dork out and just pissing away. I guess he had too much beer at the beer garden. I don't know. Yeah. But they just walked past him like it was you know, no big deal. Now, is that gross? No. But shocking for a kid from North Carolina right. that's just traveled for the first time, that was a bit shocking for me. But yeah. gross things, I, you know, I, I don't know. Gr- gross is subjective. Right. You know, that's a subjective term. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the misfortune of unknowingly getting drug to a Gigi Allen show. Um, uh, say no more. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't warned ahead here. of time of who we were seeing. We, I was just told we're going to a punk show. Fuck yeah, let's go to a punk show. Oh uh, my God. So you actually got to witness. Yeah, legendary. five minutes into it, I'm going to, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm just going to be over here drinking a beer, bro. Cause this is, uh, <laughs> it's a little above my pay grade. You know? uh, <laughs> like, and, uh, that, that guy was, yeah. That's why that's why I'm laughing now like that um this whole thing with the band Brass Against you know with her like uh, yeah. I, I was that, like yeah. I was like are you serious that's probably not even the worst thing Gigi Allen did before like breakfast <laughs> you know? Yeah yeah there, that, that's without a doubt well but you know I mean not a whole lot of people are familiar with Gigi Allen right. you know I mean they're legend he's legendary to right. fucks like you and right. me that, that know about the the deep seedy underbelly of punk and you know me- rock metal punk culture, but you know I mean uh, as far as what she did, yeah, you know man, the only the only reason that everybody's freaking out about it is because it's a fucking chick, yeah, and and it's twenty twenty one, and you know you just don't expect to see a chick do anything yeah. like that. You know, I mean, and yeah. I have, but I'm here to tell you, if a guy would pull his dick out I, and pee on a girl on stage, yeah, it would. I, oh my god! I mean, just fucking. It's just. It, That's it, it's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like. Look, I. I'm pretty conservative. I'm very libertarian. Like, politically wise, I'm the guy over here that just says. I don't care what you do or who you do it with. Just don't do it on my front lawn and don't use my money to do it. That's my political philosophy. <laughs> so I'm not really offended easily, and I'm not offended by this at all. I, I find it amusing because, again, growing up in the era that we grew up in, knowing the shit that Motley Crue did, that Zeppelin did, that Ozzy did, that yeah. Lemmy did, you know – Growing through the whole punk era that I went through, 
I'm just kind of like. Yeah, look. That's not shocking. Like, that's not even. You you and I know the stories, and it's well documented. Motley Crue literally would not wash for weeks at a time and have sex with all these groupies and, and go on stage, and they would literally have a contest to see which girl would finally vomit after going down on them because they smelled so bad. You know what I mean? So the fact that this chick gets up on stage and pre-plans to pee on some guy is just done for viral fame. And, you know, kudos to her because it worked. Yeah. (laughs) Like I I said, I'm not offended by it. It's really not that shocking to me. I mean, you know, like, I, I, I guess once you've gone to a Guar show, you're not really going to get offended. <laughs> so, you know. Um, one place you'd love to visit before you die that you haven't been to. I think that I would like to go, go to uh, probably Rome. Nice. Uh, or Greece. So, somewhere, somewhere like that. I, I'd like to go somewhere uh, uh, or, you know, just, I, I want to go somewhere ancient. I want to yeah. go somewhere where I, I want to be surrounded by just history and shit that is just centuries older for me, older than me. And I just want to be there and, and soak up that feeling. Yeah. You know? So That's... I would probably say somewhere like Rome or something like that. See the, you know, the the stadiums and the yeah. where they used to have the fucking, you know, the gladiators and shit. Yeah, I, I, I had the honor of going to Norway and we toured the northern part where a lot of the Viking stuff happened, and we seen a few of the old castles and the fjords and the things, and it was it's pretty surreal, you know that some of the architecture that still stands after hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, is it's kind of crazy, you know, and you see it in Ireland and in Rome and, you know, so many places that just, it's kind of mind boggling, you know, the, the scope of it all. Um, What cheesy or embarrassing song do you have to sing along to when you hear it? So, something that something that people wouldn't expect you to just belt out when it came on the radio. Well, you know, I mean, I have a really, you know, I mean, I'm a rocker through and through, you know, but I have a very eclectic taste. Yeah. In a, like the old crooners and stuff, you know, some from so from anywhere from like Dean Martin to Frank Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I mean. Uh, I I would belt out, you know, uh, uh, you know, I gotta be me by Sammy Davis Jr. And people yeah. be like, "What the fuck?" You know. Yeah. So I would probably throw something like that out, you know, something from the, from the old Rat Pack days. Yeah. The running joke among my friends is, "Be prepared if you take me to karaoke." Um. Some horrible version of Making Love Out of Nothing at All by Earth Supply is getting sung. Um, yeah, that is always, the song. Always a tearjerker, man. Always That's the song for me that just, there's something about that song. You just got, like, total eclipse of the heart. Same way. You just, when you hear it, you just got to sing it, man. It's just, 
yeah. meant to be sung, you know. Um, and I'm a terrible singer, so that's why it's kind of a joke because, you know, I... You're still willing to belt it out. Though. I'm a screamer, bro. Like, yeah. the the only vocalist I've ever tried to emulate is Zitchroll from Exodus. Um, that's my vocal hero. So, you know, my vocal style, there's no melody to it, bro. I'm just, I'm screaming like a fucking banshee, you know, um, full on fast furious. And I won't hit any of the correct notes. Like, (laughs) give me the lyrics and I'm going to scream them out. As long as you play really loud, it won't sound that bad, but that's why I play bass. <laughs> you know, it's I play bass cuz I can't sing with the fog. So, um Last question. And by the way, if you don't know, these are the music god's random questions of stupidity. Uh we do this every show. <laughs> I I kind of skipped over the intro for it, but um um I got about 500 of these questions that I've just randomly come up with and friends have come up with while we're you know, we'll sit around and we'll if we're drinking various, or just being of inebriation. <laughs> just, you know, somebody will say something and it'll be like, you know, that's a random question of stupidity. And it goes on the list. Um, so go. kind of almost a Chris Jericho thing. You just made the list. Yeah, made the list. You just um, made the list. Final one. Pick Porky's or Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Once again, a fantastic deep question <laughs> that that unfortunately can open up a philosophical debate that right. we cannot go into, Mister Plain. I've had many of them. Trust the me. La- this is the last question of the interview. Um, <laughs> I would have to just barely go. Slightly with fast times, uh, uh, fast times, Ridgemont High. Just, just with a slight nod uh, by the sheer uh, star power, the cultural uh, relevance of it. Uh, it had a huge cultural impact. Porky's is much more of a cult favorite. Yes. Uh, but there is some definite uh, because I remember Porky's. That's more of my time era. Right. Uh, a very risque movie. Yeah. For, for for back back in the day, yeah. Especially uh, considering the, it was a Canadian movie. I mean, the the, the teacher getting the teachers uh, having sex yeah. in the equipment room while yeah. the kids are in, in. I mean, the yeah. glory hole. I right. mean, all the stuff right. that was in that movie. I mean, the whole thing was based around them getting in a whorehouse. Right. I mean, it was like it, it was. It's so. It, yeah. It's that's a tough question. Yeah. Because. You know, both of them have yeah. some cultural relevance in Actually, my world. I got one more, and it goes directly with that. What terrible what movie you? do you love? What terrible movie do I love? Yeah. From any era. You know, um, <laughs> it, it really kind of depends on what mood that I'm in. Uh, but there's, there's something you know, genuinely uh, hilarious about some of those older spaghetti westerns. Uh, the nice. the bad dubbing of, yes. of the voices. Uh, 
the the ultra dramatic camera angles of like sweaty Italian men, you know, <laughs> with bad bad overdubbed voices. It's just you know, it's just so absurd. Whenever you whenever you think about that, there was a a period of time that westerns made by an Italian director, full of these foreign actors, was right. <laughs> somehow. Uh, you know, something that was popular. <laughs> my answer to this one, I had to ask this one because it was on the list and I, I skipped a few that I had. Um, yeah. But my answer to this, I've seen this movie over a thousand times. No matter how many times I watch it, I never get sick of it. And it plays directly again into the era that we're talking about. My answer is always going to be Iron Eagle. There is something about that movie the the movie in combination with the soundtrack of Queen and King Cobra and Adrenaline and um, so many of those great bands that I just never get sick of that movie, man. I mean, it's cheesy. Lot of, lot it's of, over the top. I was about to say, a lot of cheese on that movie. But yeah, but, but I mean, it's just, it's such a, it, it's it's that total era in a nutshell. The, the geeks versus the jocks, the the airplanes, the you know him coming down off the runway, the runways on fire, flying through the fire, and you know Dio, you know Hungry for Heaven is playing, yeah. and it's just it's such and a course, fucking rock and roll movie, man, in all the aspects of, of it. The, of course, he got the girls. So. Yeah, you know the 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 tape thing on the leg with One Vision by Queen playing, you know, and I mean it's just. I know it's a terrible movie, but it just I watch that damn thing like once a month probably. Like I just love that fucking <laughs> movie. Um now the second and third one were completely terrible. Um second one had an amazing soundtrack as well, but you know, the second one had a better soundtrack than an actual movie. Um let, we're gonna wrap all this up by telling everyone where do they find you, where do they find the fifth, uh the EP that's is the EP out or is it coming out still? Uh, the EP's out, the video's okay. out. All, all of the uh, can be found at uh, Vanity Music, uh, Big Cartel. Do a little Google search. Uh, look look up the fifth. We're available on uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, look up Vanity Music. Shake Little Sister is our new uh, music yes. video. And uh, the uh, EP is out. It's called The Fifth. And the first single is Shake Little Sister. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for thanks for supporting us uh, crazy-ass rockers that are <laughs> uh, nuts enough to keep doing this for decades and decades. We appreciate well, it very much. Dude, it's my honor. Like, it really, you know, I, I say this all the time, but it's, it's really surreal. Like, even at my age, you know, we grew up in an era where Metal Edge and Metallics and, and Circus you took the pictures and you post postered your walls with them. And, you know, and your whole rooms were just basically whatnot. And, you know, you took a pen and paper and you wrote your favorite rock star and you hope to maybe get an autographed picture or something back. Um, and now social media has opened it up that we can do this. Um, you know, know, it's fans like you that are the, the true fans of music and supporters of, of, of what we do and, you know, dreamers of your own dream, you know, uh, you're the ones that are, are the, uh, 
the oil in the machine that keeps it going. So uh, thanks for having me on, and thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, this is Roy Cathy. Check out the fifth uh, Vanity Music, um, the EP. You got other records too as well, right? This is like your third one? Absolutely. There's uh, got three previous releases with okay. the fifth. I'm also in another project called Steel City, and I've got uh, Cold Sweat uh, still Ooh. out there as well. So there's all kinds of things going on in the world of uh, Roy Cathy and the fifth. Okay, so, so how the hell did I miss the fact that you were in Steel City? Well, that you know, completely um, escaped my attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to do another. We'll have to do another. Uh, set up another interview, and we'll talk. Yeah, and think about that's uh, that's Mike Flores's band, right? Yeah, that's Mike's. Band. Yeah, I was gonna say, how the fuck did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> you were in that band, like that. Yes. Uh, that press also release completely with, escaped my attention. So uh, that also is a the voice of Steel City. So we'll set up another interview yeah. about that. Yeah, um, we'll get around to that eventually. Um, Mr. Roy Cathy, check out the fifth. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we're gonna. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna shut the fuck up, or we're gonna wrap this damn thing up.